0: welcome and thank you for stopping by biker church wiley texas let's go on in and see what charlie mullen has to teach us today let's go to the lord dear heavenly father lord we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house again father father we thank you that we live in a country where we're still free to worship the way that you call us to worship father father i ask that you open the eyes of the blind father Father, I ask that we all not be as woke as what society wants us to be, Father. Father, I ask that you heal the sick. Father, I ask that you free the enslaved, Father. Father, I ask that you bless this offering that we're about to take up for you, Father. Let it be continued to do your work. And it's all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We are going to start in Isaiah 43. And I don't usually do this, but we're going to skip down to verse 18. And while you're getting there, how many know that even soldiers, in order to become victorious, must first learn how to surrender? Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Anybody here been in the armed forces? First thing they do to you. First day of boot camp, what starts happening? You have to submit. You have to surrender to their way of life. You can't go in there with your old attitude and expect to be a success at being a soldier. Well, we have been called to God's army. Believe it or not, God's people have been at war since the beginning of time. Evil will always be at war with God's people. So the first thing that you need to learn how to do as a soldier in God's army is learn how to submit and surrender to your general. Follow his orders unquestioningly. So what does that do? What Chapter 43, verse 18. So what does that mean you need to do with your old ways of doing things? Brother, you was in the Navy. What happens when you're at Navy, right? You was in the Navy. What happens in the Navy when you bring that old crappy attitude up that you had in the the past? It It don't work out real well for you, does it? So in God's army... As being one of God's people, what happens when you bring up your old crappy attitude? You start losing battles. Because you're not listening to what your general has to say. You're not listening to what the Savior has told you. And let's see what he tells us right here. Forget the formal things. Do not dwell on the past. Well, if you ask him, why don't I dwell on the past? My past is all I know. God says right there, see, I am doing a new thing. He picked you. Of all people, he picked you. And you and you and you and you. To put his hands on. And to start a new thing. He cared enough about you to reach down out of heaven and pluck you up out of the crap that you used to walk around in. Now you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to be like that anymore. Your old self, your old attitude, your old way of living wants to be that way. We like to be miserable. Uh, if you really think about it, we do. Yeah, get a little bit more attention that way. But you can ask my wife before I dedicated our marriage. God and I dedicated our relationship to God and I was going to go through with whatever God's plans were for me and my wife, how many times in my old attitude, in my old way of thinking, did I try to take the best thing God had given me in a long time and blow it up? I tried my best to run that woman out of my life because that was my old way of thinking. And when I finally surrendered and said, God, if this is the woman that you intend for me to be with for the rest of my life then show me that she is going to be there when I need her. Bam, coma, four days. <clears throat> she never left my side. One week to the day, I performed the most guys, and y'all, for y'all single guys out there, y'all want some proposal advice? Come to me, because I am king daddy proposal after the proposal I laid on that woman right there. I pulled already. I pulled an engagement ring out of my pocket and pitched it to her on the couch and said, "See if it fits. If it does, we'll get married." <laughs> I never seen a woman. That woman went in there and got the bacon grease and the WD-40 and two screwdrivers and was prime looking. <laughs> I had to get out of my old way of thinking about relationships and about other people and listen to what God was telling me and said, hey, I'm doing a new thing. Your life is going to be a new thing. The rest of your journey is going to be a new thing. All you have to do to win is surrender. All you have to do is give in. My mother used to tell me when I was a kid, I was so hard-headed and get so mad that she would have to make me cry just so I couldn't talk and yell long enough for her to say something to me. Because I was so hard-headed and so set in my ways and so hell-bent on getting what it was that I thought I needed. And most of the time, it was payback. I didn't go after anybody just out of meh. But man, you let them do me wrong and I would i scorch the earth coming after you. Why? What good did it do me? What good did it do for me to be so angry all the time? That's the thing, God doesn't mess with me, or, or the devil doesn't mess with me with drugs, he doesn't mess with me with alcohol, he doesn't mess with me with chasing women, he doesn't mess with me with going out drinking in the bars, If anything, I'm too much of a homebody. I don't go anywhere. But what he does is he messes with me with my temper because my temper is horrible. If you don't believe me, ask a roll of paper towels this afternoon. They paid the price. At least it's inanimate objects now. But he goes on to say here, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The Israelites, when they were roaming around the desert, were willing to go back to Egypt and go back into slavery because it was what they knew. And they couldn't see the new thing God was trying to do in their life. What we need to learn how to do is God's people is jump that river. Every one of us has stood at the edge of the Jordan trying to cross over into the promised land and we're scared. But if we'll listen to God and we cross over into the promised land, if we slide back a little bit, where's it put us? Back in the desert, but not back in bondage. But if you're gonna roam around in the desert and then you're gonna go back to where you were before, you're going right back into that bondage into that slavery, into that addiction, into that junk and that trash. At least the desert, God's there. God got the Israelites out of Egypt and brought them in the desert so they could surrender. And it took them 40 years to figure it out. That all we have to do is stop being who we are and be who God wants us to be. Because he wants us to do it. See, and here's the thing. God wanted Israel, just like he does us, to stop being enslaved by other people. To stop being enslaved by other things. To stop being enslaved by their sin and their ungodly ways. He wanted them to move on to the promised land, to the land of milk and honey, to the land where God actually lays his hand upon you and you feel his blessing every day. Man, how would it feel to be able to wake up and not have to fight addiction? How would it feel to wake up and not have to fight your temper? How would it feel to wake up and not have to fight anxiety or depression or whatever? Because you're standing in a promised land and everywhere you look, God's presence is around you. All you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is get rid of your thoughts that the world wants you to think See, the world wants you to be woke. I hear the word nowadays. I'm probably not even used to be using it right. And I I watched what some of the people say is woke. And I'd rather be asleep. Because if being woke means I have to accept some of the things that the world tells me I have to accept, ain't none of them attached to God and I don't have to accept them. I'm not going to accept men sleeping together. I'm not going to accept women sleeping together. I'm not going to accept free dope for everybody. I'm not going to accept the fact that alcoholism is just a way of life and I need to get over it. I'm not going to accept that a man doesn't have to cleave to one woman for the rest of his life. I'm not going to accept the fact that a child can look at his parents and tell them, you don't know anything about me, you raised me as a boy, but I'm a girl. I don't have to accept that. And if that means I can't be woke, then guess what? I ain't woke. What I have to accept, the only thing my God says that I have to accept it is He sent His Son down here so to pay for my sins and die on that cross so I can be separated from my, my iniquities as far as the east is from the west. That's the only thing I have to accept, that Jesus Christ died on a cross to save me from my sins. God did it. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. It makes life pretty simple. Instead, we like to grab a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and mix it up and say, man, this is what God really wants Homosexuality can't be wrong because the word homosexual is nowhere in the Bible. That's their excuse. I think there's a verse in there that says, One man shall not lay down with another. Why would Jesus have to say anything about homosexuality when his father had already said it's wrong? And I'm not going to sit up here and just beat on homosexuality, I'm going to beat on all sin. I'm going to call sin, sin. I'm not going to negotiate my way into the promised land and wind up having to fight in the promised land like Israel did. When God says, clear out the promised land, and God says, clear out the land of milk and honey, and get rid of everything there that is not of God, I am going to turn my land of milk and honey into what God wants it, and that is where I surrender everything to him. I work for God, I preach for God, I walk for God, I talk for God, I eat for God, I sleep with God, I got married for God, I love my wife because God says I have to love her, and I love you because all of you feel the same way. And if you don't, the altars are now open. Because that's what you need. You don't need me to tell you what you're doing's wrong. You don't need me to keep preaching at you and tell you that you don't have to live in your past. You need to come up here and figure out that this is a place of sacrifice where you lay down your junk and leave it. And then when you get back outside and that somebody else's junk, because your junk's up here. And God picked it up And we separated it from you as far as the east is from the west. Remember, it's gone. It ain't yours no more. So now the only way that you can be addicted again is if you go back out and dig in some of your past puke like a dog. You want to go lick up vomit? You wouldn't do that. Why would you go play with your addictions? Because then you have a reason to be dumb. All God wants you to do, and yes, I've said this before, and I'm going to keep beating it in your head. All God wants you to do is stop being what you were never intended to be. God never intended for you to live this way. Mankind was invented to walk with God in the garden in the cool of the evening. Your purpose on this earth, and God says it in the word so I know it's true, is to praise his name. And if you don't do it, he'll get rid of you and the rocks and the animals will cry out. And I got a puppet home that trusts me. I can look in her eye and tell she would praise God with all of her heart because she's loud anyway. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Pick a time. Pick a place and make that your last stand. This is where the junk falls off of me. This is where the worry falls off of me. This is where depression falls off of me. This is where anxiety falls off of me. This is where methamphetamine falls off of me. This is where cocaine falls off of me. This is where alcohol falls off of me. This is where homosexuality falls off of me. This is where my temper and my violence and my wild and wicked ways. This is where infidelity falls off of me. What if all we had to do was pray and you got fixed, Because I hate to tell you this, that's what the word says needs to happen. All you have to do is hit your face and cry out to God and allow him to recognize your surrender. And he will pick you back up. Now, brother, we talked about that a while ago. After they get done breaking you down, taking what you learned out here in the world, and you came into that military organization and they got all rid of all that stuff and they start then they start building you back up into what they believe you should be, correct? That's all God's going to do. God is going to take you from the time that you join his army and he is going to chip away at you and he is going to beat on you and he is going to break the bad things off of you and he is going to then he's going to start molding you back up. And he's going to give you the confidence And then he's going to give you a prayer life. And then he's going to give you a worship life. And then he's going to hit you with the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost is going to start walking with you. And the Holy Ghost is going to lead you. And the Holy Ghost is going to lay his hands on you. And the next thing you know, you're not going to be afraid to stand out there in public when something happens and holler hallelujah. You're not going to be afraid to stand up and say, my God is who did this for me. I deserve no credit. Because I'm going to tell you right now, people when I get done. George all the time always tells me, hey, Charlie, thank you for that sermon. Brother, and I tell him every time, that ain't me. Because my flesh is not capable, but I have to surrender to what to hold me. Trust me, the last thing in the world that anybody wants to do is get up on a Sunday afternoon and figure out what they're going to come up here and yell at y'all about. (laughs) That ain't me. My flesh couldn't care less about y'all. But that flesh, is, when I surrendered it, it stayed in that dumpster. And I left it out there. And now I really do care. I really do want to believe in my heart that there's nothing that can happen to you on this world that will compare to your reward in heaven and that you truly believe that in your heart, mind, body, and soul. They can do to my flesh out here anything they want to. The worst thing they can do to my flesh is kill it. And does that really do any good? Because God killed it a long time ago. God laid waste to my flesh when I surrendered. And then I got my severance package from the world. I got the glory of God. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the blood shed for me. I got those stripes. And I got a suit of armor but first I had to take off the world's armor. See, here's the thing, in order to protect yourself, you have to make yourself vulnerable in the eyes of God. You have to open yourself up to other people. You have to be willing to let other people come into your life and realize that there's gonna be times when you get your heart broke about it. But here's the thing, no matter what you do, I used to tell people all the time, man, I don't care. I care less what you say. I can care less what you do. I don't care what she does. I don't care what he does. You see that right there? Two guns, his toes will keep tapping. And that's the biggest lie I ever told myself because I worried about everybody around me. What are they going to do next? Who's going to die next? I can't care about you. God takes everything I care about. And I got mad at him. It wasn't that I didn't believe in God. It wasn't that I didn't know God. It wasn't the fact that I didn't pray. It was the fact that he took everything that I cared about from me. He didn't take nothing from me. The world took that stuff from me. Now, whether or not they were prepared to go to glory, that was between them and God. I think that's what upset me the most, was that I didn't know that they knew. And then one day God said, man, you know what? I'm tired of watching you run around in circles. So I'm going to give you something to believe in. And then I realized that that hole that I had through the center of me that I thought was a big black hole full of hate turned out to be a big glowing hole full of God's love. And all I had to do was let him strike the match and set me on fire. And that's what you need to do. Stop running around digging empty wells. Stop running around throwing praise lists or prayer lists up like it's a wish list. Learn how to praise God no matter what is going on in your life and let him put a match to the Holy Ghost. Let that tongue of fire be set upon you where when somebody needs you to speak and you blow it out there and it comes out, it ain't you, it's God, and it actually makes a difference in somebody's life. I'm going to tell you something. I never had the hole in my life filled up like I did the first time I got up behind the pulpit and I preached and I said, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ and they want to and they feel what I'm feeling right now, I need you to come up here. And then a little guy in the back stood up and he walked up toward the front and it blew my mind because my heart was full and I didn't know what to do with it I didn't know what to do when he got up there to me man he was walking up toward the front of the church and I'm going "Ah, ah, 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 ah," and then God just dumped it out on him and man I get goosebumps when I think about it man how many people in here think they have never heard from the Holy Ghost anybody let me tell you how to tell some of you guys that probably I should, probably shouldn't still be alive. you ever lay there at night and think about some of the stupid crap you did when you were younger, and you get that little <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit saying, "I was with you, brother." Because there was a lot of times in my life when that angel that God sent down to take care of me said, "Whoa, big boy, it ain't your time yet. Don't go in that room. Don't walk around that corner. Leave that pistol in its holster. That store in there ain't got nothing in it you need. Me and my wife were talking the other night. We were watching, what's the name of that movie? They have fun with Dick and Jane. They lose their job and they decide they're going to go rob stores and stuff with water pistols. And they're dressing up like Sonny and Cher and stuff like that. I told my wife, I said, I can't even imagine me and you trying to hit a lick. And she said, baby, I don't think we can hit a lick anymore. I wonder what they would do if we went down there to the store around the corner from the house and broke in with guns and asked him if anybody here needed prayer. <laughs> Can you do armed prayer meeting? Is that a felony? If I don't steal anything from, if I don't steal anything from them, if I just hold them at gunpoint and pray for them, is that? I mean, is that a, is that a felony? Because there are some places in this world I feel like I need to do that. Yeah, it is for my wife. It's felony for her. But. But see, that don't even scare me anymore. That man he used to ask me all the time when I first got saved if they walked in the room and held a gun to your head and said, Denounce Christ or die, what would you say? And I said, see you raider. And kill me. Shoot me. Send me to heaven. I got a few things to tell God about you. <laughs> did you see what he did? You gotta forgive him for it though, Father. You forgave me for everything I did. Your past is your past for a reason. And that verse has become my prayer every time I get to feeling down. He has separated me from my transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Every time I start to get back in myself, every time I start to get back in my flesh, I remember how far my flesh has been separated from me. And I don't know whether y'all, even from, okay, and let's just put it this way. We don't even have to go as far as the east is from the west. We can say as far as Texarkana is from El Paso. It's still too far for me to go anytime soon. As far as east Texas is from west Texas is how far my transgressions have been separated from me. That's a long way, folks. It's longer from Texarkana to El Paso than it is from El Paso to L.A. Praise God. There's enough room in this state for me to stretch out. But that just means there's a whole lot of miles that we have to do if we're ever going to save this state of ours and fill it with the Holy Spirit. So while y'all are out there riding around, while y'all are out there having fun on them motor scooters, and even y'all that ain't got them, y'all still got vehicles and y'all still like to go places. How bright are you going to shine? Or are you going to let, bu- let that little bushel sit over top of you and put you out? I ain't going to let the devil on me and blow me out. I've told y'all before, I don't like that song. This little light of mine. Who wants a little light? I want a big light. Be on, just set me on fire, man. What happens when you blow on a candle? That's a little fire. It goes out, don't it? What happens when you blow on a bonfire? The more air you feed it, the hotter it gets. So, yeah, well, things get destroyed too, but. What would happen, what would happen if you burned so hot that the devil himself had to back away from you? Because that's how hot the Holy Spirit burns. That every time you say Jesus' name, it's like hot coals being thrown at the devil. Man, come on, how glorious would that be? That for your answer to everything the world threw at you was hallelujah. How do you think the devil's going to act then? He's going to go back to his huddle and he's going to say, Boys, we have hit this man with everything that we can hit him with. And all he does is cry, Hallelujah. How would your life be? Then think about what it would be like if you prayed. If in everything you prayed, get out of bed in the morning, you pray. Actually, you know what, man? I have decided that that's what that snooze button is for. Nine minutes is the average time for snooze buttons. Yeah, my wife's is 15, I forgot about that, wound up being a few minutes late for work because I don't get up with my alarm, I get up with my wife's. Nine minutes, that's a pretty good prayer. And it don't even have to be, you know, if I, thou Ghost, gracious heaven, man, sing a praise song. You know what happens when that alarm goes off instead of saying, phones are expensive, don't throw them. Don't smack them. Don't punch the alarm button. If you just just touch it, you'll you'll thank me later. You'll thank yourself later. But instead of griping when that alarm goes off, how about the first words out of your out of your faces? Hallelujah! God woke me up one more day. Come on, man. How many people in here liked to fight when they were younger? Come on, man. I know, brother, I know you did. I can see it in your face. We were watching a thing talking about who was it? Rowdy Piper today, yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper said when I first met that man, him and two other guys knocked on my door, and he said, "Hey, hey, so and so, this is this is Rowdy or yeah, this is Rod Piper or Rod something, whatever his name was. It was whatever his real name is." He said, "He' pretty tough old boy. You're a pretty tough old boy. We think y'all ought to fight." And I told me, I said, "I've had that happen." I've had people knock on my door at my mom and daddy's house when I was a teenager and say, Man, we guess a new guy just moved in the neighborhood, man. Y'all ought to duke it out. He's pretty tough. Y'all wanna to know my best friend for like forty years? That's how we met. I was riding my bicycle, he was riding his bicycle, we met in the intersection and fought. I didn't know him, he didn't know me, but he was big and I was big and we figured, you know what? Let's get it on, and see what happens. I'm, I, I told my wife I thought I won I would be honest with you I don't remember who won I know he hit hard that's all I remember and we've been best friends ever since nobody. yeah nobody won that nobody won nobody won you already seen the trouble we got into later we, one of us should have whooped the other one real bad and we, so we wouldn't have been around each other you understand what I'm saying surrender I know it sounds bad Nobody likes to surrender. Nobody likes to wave that white flag. Anybody ever seen the Christian flag? It's pretty white. Yeah. I used to fly a rebel flag on the back of my motorcycle to see how much arguments I could start. You know what? I get more people arguing with me flying a Christian flag on the back of my motorcycle than I do ever flying anything like that. They want to argue with me when they do it. And that's when I get to blow them a kiss, wave at them, and tell them Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you and I do too. Oh, did I wake the dog up? I'm sorry. Mowgli. See, I just put him to sleep. Oh, is he giving me the. Even the dog's mad at me. Am I stepping on your toes, brother? Am I stepping on your toes? I've known Mowgli's been in church his whole life. I don't know why he would even get offended in here. So, I'm going to ask you a question tonight. You know who God is. You're walking the way you ought to walk. You're doing the things that God says you need to be doing. But have you surrendered? Have you taken your hands off the wheel, as my mama used to say and hollered, Jesus, take the wheel? I'm going to tell you something. When they say Jesus is knocking at your door, softly and tenderly calling. He ain't doing that no more, folks. He's mule kicking that door. Anybody out there ever watch Chicago fire? They kick that door open and holler, fire department, cry out. I'm telling you right now, God is kicking in the door of your soul, and he's hollering, it's God. If you're here, cry out. And that's what he wants from you tonight. He wants for you to cry out. Ain't no shame in it. Everybody in here that knows who God is, everybody in here who has changed their life for the better, everybody in here who has laid down their sinful nature knows what it is to surrender. So by doing it, you ain't gonna embarrass yourself in this room. I'm more embarrassed about the things I did than the things I'm gonna do. I look at it this way. If God tells me, to do it and I do it, then what do I have to be embarrassed about? Going back to my old ways, losing my temper, punching somebody in the head, that's gonna embarrass me. Because those are things that I'm ashamed of. But my God says those things are separated from me and I don't have to be embarrassed about them anymore. All I have to do is glorify him and and shine in the fire that he has set me ablaze with. So I'm going to ask you tonight to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm not going to count you. I'm not going to call your name out. But what I do want to do is make sure that if the Holy Spirit is leaning on you, that you get an answer. So if that's you tonight and you're ready to surrender, and you're ready to call it all God's, put your hand up in the air. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It makes my heart full to see the hands going up in this room. Not because I feel like I've done my job, but because I feel like that you finally recognized when God showed up. Praise you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. We know who you were. We'll come by by and see you. I know there's some people dealing with some things in their lives right now. We're going to give them just a minute. Guys, the altars are open. If you've ever even thought about going to a psychiatrist, you've ever even thought about going and seeing a professional, let me tell you something, man. God made them, God trained them, God showed them what it was all about. He put the hands and the fingers on the ones who wrote the books. The good news is is when you do it for God, you don't have to blame your mama or daddy issues. When you go with God, you still get to love your mama and daddy instead of blaming them for everything that went wrong in your life. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father God, we come to you tonight, humble and ready to surrender, Father. Yes, Father. I want y'all to pray this with me. Father God, we stand before you tonight, humbly asking for you to accept our surrender. Father, feel free to break us down and turn us into the soldiers you need us to be, Father. Father, touch us and set us ablaze with the Holy Spirit. And it's all this we ask in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.